Welcome to the Covenant Podcast. The Covenant Podcast exists to equip listeners with theological content from a 1689 Baptist perspective. We're on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. And in this episode, we have the privilege to welcome Dr. Rob Lyerly to discuss the preaching legacy of Martin Lloyd-Jones. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Lyerly. Thank you for having me, guys. Looking yeah, it's a great it. uh, privilege to have you on. We're looking forward to uh, talking about Martin Lloyd-Jones. And uh, if our audience is listening, they perhaps have never seen your name before on our show, which means we will stick with our usual outline by uh, beginning our conversation by asking you if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, if you whatever you want to say, your upbringing, your education, your family, your current ministry role. So, Dr. Lyerly, would you do that now? Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, my name is Rob Lyerly, uh, born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, the Lord called me to preach Ooh, when I was uh, around 20 years old, I was I was actually playing uh, baseball at the time. The Lord called me out of baseball into into ministry. I served in the uh, missions organization, missions world before God called us to shepherd here at Metro East Baptist Church in Wichita, Kansas. The precious people here at Metro East have been a blessing to me. I am married and I have two little girls and uh, love love being um, daddy, father, preacher, pastor, truly. Uh, blessed beyond measure by all God's done in my life and uh, look forward to what he's going to do in the in the years ahead. I did my um, my undergraduate is, is in finance at, at UNC Charlotte there in North Carolina. And then uh, my mass, my MDiv was from Southeastern Seminary. And my uh, doctorate of ministry is from um, my doctorate of ministry is from um, Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, what, what Rob failed to mention to our listeners is, um, for one, he's a dear friend of mine um, who's a groomsman in my wedding. We've known one another for coming up on seven years, but um, he also has quite a few chickens and uh, animals there at his house. He's, he is definitely a, a man of many trades, and uh, I like to maybe refer to him sometimes as the most interesting man, uh, maybe not in the world, but uh, definitely in my circles that I've ran in. So, um and I'm just thrilled to have Dr. Lyerly on the show today to talk about a conversation uh, that we've never had on the Covenant podcast. We, we've never had an episode devoted to discussing the, the life or ministry of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, uh, the preaching legacy specifically of D. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And uh, Lloyd-Jones just so happens to be Dr. Lyerly's favorite preacher from church history and you know you're close to him when he finds ways to sneak in discussions on Lloyd-Jones uh, in conversation. So um, I'm looking forward to the listeners gleaning from uh, some of our conversations we've had over the years. So Dr. Lyerly, on that note, for any of our listeners who may not be familiar with Lloyd-Jones, uh, maybe you would just be willing to kick us off by giving our listeners a biographical sketch of his life and, and ministry or anything that you would like people to know about him uh, for those who may not have any familiarity with Lloyd Jones, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the Lloyd Jones, uh, known as the Doctor, was his was his kind of um, the name he went by. The the, the mantra that men uh, used to to point to him, uh, and and just so I might I gotta say this before we start that I, I am by no means a a scholar on Lloyd Jones. I'm more of a student, um, one who has been sitting his feet from for years and been fed by. Uh, the work 
uh, both in his writing and his preaching ministry. And I do believe that of, of the voices we've heard, uh, Lloyd-Jones is the alpha. He's the greatest preacher that we have um, we have listened, we have pleasure to listen to. Now, you know, Spurgeon, obviously the prince of preachers, we don't have Spurgeon's audio, but Lloyd-Jones is special and uh, has touched my heart and been, been a blessing to me. But he's called the doctor because Lloyd-Jones uh, started out, he's born in Wales, and then his family moved from Wales uh, to London, England. And in London, he began uh, studying, I think it was age 16, as a, uh, as a medical doctor. And he rose the ranks very quickly, became a successful uh, practitioner of medicine. And he grew, grew, rose the ranks of uh, being a young man who'd be a, a success in, in the profession. And it was as a medical doctor, God called him to preach. And so uh, he left being one of the highest uh, re respected uh, physicians in England, in London, to go be preacher back in Wales. And uh, the Lord called him uh, from Wales to eventually minister at uh, Westminster Chapel in London, where he, his legacy of preaching and writing uh, is significant. And uh, the lives he touched, the men who have, have been trained under him, whether whether in person or by, by far, uh, it's just incredible to see the touch of his of his reach in, in the years that have followed. Uh, one man who always spoke very well of Lloyd-Jones was J.I. Packer, who uh, pretty much sat and heard uh, Lloyd-Jones pr preach when he was in England and uh, truly was uh, just has nothing but good things to say. And the only thing about Lloyd-Jones that Packer would say over and over, Dr. Packer would say is, he was a man of God. He he brought God with him into the pulpit. And um, so that's a very, very brief overview of Lloyd-Jones, but it's a man who um, has a legacy of being a godly man, husband, father, grandfather, a man who would boldly proclaim the truth of God's word, who had a reliance on the Holy Spirit and was eager to be faithful in everything he said and did. And um, the minute he transitioned out of the out of the pulpit ministry of, at Westminster, uh, he, he then went around kind of um, itinerant preaching and focusing on his writing to leave a legacy for those who come behind him. And uh, by God's grace, we now are recipients of recipients of such a labor. And so uh, what, what else did I miss there, Pastor Dewey? I'm sure I missed something that I should add. No, brother, that's a that's a great uh, sketch to to get our audience's appetites wet for uh, for what we're going to talk about here as we get into some of the the preaching and and uh, teaching of God's word that Lloyd Jones did so faithfully for many years. Austin, you want to transition us there? Yeah, I'd love to. And uh, Dr. Lyerly, if anything, any of your stories about Lloyd Jones comes to your mind that uh, you think that we need to know about later that you forgot in the uh, biographical sketch or you uh, didn't include just for the sake of brevity, uh, feel free to break our outline and uh, interject anything that you're thinking there. Uh, we're excited to have this conversation with you. And thank you for that helpful uh, biographical sketch at the beginning of this conversation. And as we've already mentioned, uh, we know Martin Lloyd-Jones very well because of his preaching legacy. You mentioned that in the beginning. And uh, Dewey mentioned that uh, he respects your interest in uh, the doctor's preaching ministry. And so when considered holistically, we want to ask you, what were some of the defining marks of Lloyd-Jones's preaching ministry? Or asked differently, what made Lloyd-Jones such a special preacher of God's Word? That's a fantastic question. And really, I think as we, as we meditate on Lloyd-Jones, we need him now uh, more than really any other time that, that in recent history. Because Lloyd-Jones, uh, when anybody who's, who's listened to any of his sermons, you can do that on MLJ Trust. 
it's a, it's a website that's pretty much a, a committed to providing uh, his material for the years that follow. And then you can even go look on, on YouTube and, uh, and find some audio sermons of his ministry. But uh, Lloyd-Jones, he was serious. He was urgent. He was zealous. Um, in a day that if, if we take a sober assessment of the preaching of much of our day, it's, um, it's lighthearted. It's, uh, it's brief. It's short. It's here's a few, here's a few nuggets for your, for your week um, where Lloyd-Jones had a richness, had a, had a beauty to an eloquence to um, would dive deep into God's word, but would never, would never make it a, a classroom setting. He was proclaiming. He was a herald of the gospel. He was one who stood and believed it was his task to say, thus saith the Lord. And he did it with a, with a seriousness that I think we need to get back in the pulpit. That uh, he had no he had, he had no care for you to see his personality. He wanted he didn't care that you would think he was um, funny or entertaining. He wanted to feed your soul. He wanted people to to be trained. But then again, his his burden was not to just have you re regurgitate information. He wanted people to come face to face with the Lord to be to be transformed by the truth of God's word and uh, to be set ablaze to to know Him and to make Him known. And one thing that Lloyd Jones was um, always pursuing was the encounter with God in a subjective way, with a, with a true reliance on the Holy Spirit to 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 to, be, to realize that preaching is more, and, and this is preaching is more than teaching. Preaching is more than just a conversation about God's truth. It was the anointing of the Holy Spirit coming on the moment and turning the moment into something supernatural. And Lloyd Jones' view of preaching is something we need to get back today. And I think uh, I think I've talked to, to, to Dewey a good bit about uh, Dr. Joel Beakey, and his. I think he's on the podcast talk about preaching. And, and B, Dr. Beakey has that understanding, which would align with Lloyd Jones, the Puritan view of preaching that it's more than just right exegesis. It is a a a, a truly uh, God coming down, God being present, more than just the fact that He is omnipresent, but He's an empowering, His owning the moment, and lives are transformed. And um, as I mentioned, J.I. Packer and men who sat under his under his ministry would, would say there was there was something different about that man when he stood and preached. And Lloyd Jones would say it's a reliance on the Holy Spirit. It is truly coming in, knowing that if God does not move in this moment, nothing will happen. I can't teach enough. I can't work enough. I can't move my hands enough. I need God to own the event, um, as we've seen the Lord do in, in, in times gone by. And that's what Lloyd Jones was a, a great um, lover and student of, of church history. He loved preaching about revival and awakenings, and uh, he, he knew what God had done, and he wanted to see it in his own day. But he also knew that he couldn't, he couldn't demand it. He couldn't, he couldn't pray hard enough to have God bring revival. He must plead with God and, and wait and trust. Uh, but Lloyd-Jones was one who was not relying on his own gifts, who he was, an eloquent man. He was a gifted man. He's a brilliant man. Uh, but he was he was one who said, I need God to move. And if he doesn't, we're wasting our time. And so we see that uh, Lloyd-Jones is a man that with that, with a true reliance on the Holy Spirit, true reliance on the, on the, the power of God on the on the preaching event. Um, he, he was one who stood up and he said, this is what God's truth is. And it doesn't matter how you how you respond to it. it the, the truth is regardless of what your feelings are. And he was urgent. He was zealous. He was full of, of earnestness uh, because he knew souls were at stake. He knew the glory of God was at stake and he wanted to be found faithful and he wanted to see, see lives touched uh, by what he was doing. 
and uh, he never he never wavered, never waffled. Uh, he was about a simplicity in ministry, which I think once again, when you get back to today, that uh, men can stand up and herald uh, God's truth. That's very well said, uh, Dr. Lyerly, and and something as well that I think uh, by God's grace has already shaped your ministry. Metro East and your preaching before uh, coming to Metro East, again, having heard you preach for years, just that urgency, that that zeal, that dependence upon the Holy Spirit, that desire to see um, listeners encounter the living God through the preached word. It's, it's something that uh, clearly has made an impact on you and um, grateful for that particular dimension of Lloyd Jones's preaching uh, of God's word. But um, and I, I think this is a good segue into our next question because it, it's going to intersect well with some of the things you drew out. It's one of Lloyd Jones most famous quotes. And uh, for, for our listeners who are familiar with Lloyd Jones, you may have even seen the documentary that has this, uh, this quote as, as part of the title logic on fire, uh, a, a real a catchy phrase that uh, really I think is, is very um reflective of, of who jo- Lloyd-Jones was as a preacher. So, Dr. Lyerly, uh, what did Lloyd-Jones mean when he described preaching as logic on fire? And um, from your perspective, and I, I think I know where you're going to go with the answer, but from your perspective, uh, should preaching strive to model uh, itself after this approach that Lloyd-Jones embraced and, and modeled for so many years? Or, or is this just something that... Um, it just worked for him and, and not as necessarily something that should work for other people. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think, um, so what he, what he's doing there, uh, Lloyd Jones came up in a day where you had a lot of different, different ish, issues going on. And one of the problems that at, at hand was you had a lot of, a lot of those who'd stand and kind of give a, a chin stroking conversation about the text, give, give a, a, a talk about what's going on in the background or give a, give a lecture on what is what is being um, what is being said in in God's word, and what Lloyd Lloyd Jones was was saying was the fact that it's logic on fire. It is truth. It is deep. It is rich. It is it is factual. But the man who preaches these facts, the man who preaches this doctrine, is set ablaze. He is set on fire by the truth that he's seeing, and it's it's not it's not something you you manufacture or work up. It's the preacher is so moved by what he's what he's learning is that and what he's seeing, what he wants his people to see, that he has a passion and an unction that he believes Lloyd Jones rightly believes uh, came from the God, God himself, came from the from the Lord. The fact that, that the Lord empowers men, equips men to stand and proclaim. And this idea of proclamation, right, it comes from Second Timothy, chapter four, Second Timothy four, uh, when we see the the. The charge to Timothy. So Paul's dying words to Timothy is he's he's going to to be with the Lord, and he his student Timothy is in Ephesus and essentially facing all kinds of obstacles there in in Ephesus. And 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 the charge that Paul gives him is to stand and preach the word. Now you study preach Caruso of 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 the of the, the language there of preach, and it is a proclamation. It is being a herald. It is standing on the side of a mountain, blowing the trumpet and saying, God has a message for you. And so Lloyd-Jones saw himself as a divine message, a messenger, a divine herald, one, one sent with an, as an ambassador to proclaim the news of, of the master of the universe. And we must, we must do that as we preach. And that's, that's whoever your listeners are, we have so many different uh, perspectives on preaching. And preaching is not just 
a teaching session. You're not teaching the word. You're preaching the word. You are heralding God's truth. You are you are giving a divine moment where they encounter God. Uh, one of one of the the most essential realities is that it's more than just taking notes on a Sunday. You want you want to see the beauty of Christ and to be to be moved, to be emotionally stirred. Not not for emotion's sake, but the but the word leads you. Word leads you to worship. As we're studying as a church, uh, the book the, the book of Colossians, Paul's letter to the Colossian church, and we see in in chapter one of of Paul's letter, we see him being enamored with who God is, who He is in Christ, what Christ has accomplished. And as as Paul is is writing, we see this throughout his work that he 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 exalts in praise. He he moves to to singing from what he's learning, and that's what that's what Lloyd Jones wanted in in a Lord's Day gathering is to have the word unpacked, but but the man preaching it. He's not passionless. He's not. He's not giving a, a a lecture on on the background he studied, and he's he's not. A, it's not a commentary. It is not a classroom. If you if you think the pulpit is a, is a lectern for a classroom, you're missing what it means to preach. The preacher is to be communing with the Lord in the closet on his face, seeking the Lord's favor, and then coming out, as has been said, with a message. You you have been closed up. You've been shut up to God, as the as the old men say. And you come out and you deliver that message. And as you stand, you say, thus saith the Lord. You're a man who has been face to face with the divine and then comes out and declares as that Caru- as that Carex, that, that one proclaiming, that, that herald that Paul's pointing to in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, and that's what Lloyd-Jones did. Lloyd-Jones studied. He learned. He was, he was brilliant, as we mentioned. He's, he's a, a scholar of the highest order. Even though he wasn't seminary trained, uh, he was a... a one who, who read books diligently, uh, but he knew that that Sunday morning, that time he, he preached on, on Friday afternoons or, or, or Sunday evenings was a time of divine, holy unction that was coming out. And you must be set ablaze uh, and, and the people must feel it. And as they feel that this man has been uh, communing with the Lord and now has something to say to us, they're expectant and eager each Lord's day to come and be fed and really to feast on the word. Uh, you look at you look at men in our our day uh, who kind of model this passion. You see it by got men like Dr. Beakey, by by men uh, like Dr. Steve Lost. I know he's been on the, on the podcast before. By men like Dr. John Piper, these brothers um, who who are truly um, modeling what it means to be set ablaze by the truth that they know. And uh, I I cannot uh, cannot stress home enough the need to be. Uh, deep in your theology, deep in the doctrine, but then also passionate and zealous and earnest. The reality, the reason why he was earnest and urgent when he preached, he knew souls were on the line. He knew that Christ could return any moment. He knew that judgment day was coming. He knew that these those under his care, uh, they may die on the way home. He ministered a great deal of his ministers during World War II, and they would have times where bombs would go be going off all around them. And so the earnest nature, the urgent reality of of what he was doing, that, that that lives needed this truth, souls needed these these things proclaimed, uh, was not was not uh, missed by 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 the doctor. He realized that, and with that, the uh, the impact of his ministry is still reached today. For us, we we sometimes forget that, but a time like COVID reminds us that seriousness in ministry, urgency in behind uh, the sacred desk, uh, is vital. And the people need to feel it. They need to know. They need to be taught. Hey, here's why. Here's why we're serious when we preach. Here's why we're earnest when we preach. Here's why we're we're saying God is speaking. Sit down and listen, because um, your life depends on it.
Your soul depends on it. And those around us need the truth of God rightly divided and uh, passionately delivered. Oh, thank you for that. I really enjoyed your comments on uh, Lloyd-Jones's uh, phrase, logic on fire. Um, praise God. Yeah, well, you mentioned uh, we had Dr. Beaky on, and I think he explained this concept that you're bringing out through Lloyd-Jones as uh, experiential or experimental preaching. I think he even quoted uh, John Bunyan, who once said, I did uh, smartingly preach what I felt. So preaching should be felt. It's not just uh, lecturing, as you said. There needs to be the unction of the Holy Spirit to come with the Word of God. So thank you for uh, helping us see that through Lloyd-Jones's ministry. May God grant all of our listeners who are pastors or preachers a good balance between logos and pathos. Well, with, with that, Austin, I, like sometimes, sometimes for many of your, many of your listeners, I imagine, are, are, are um, confessional. Uh, they want to be they want to be rightly dividing the word. They want to be faithful and, and, and sometimes so scared to be a part of a different clan, a part of a different group, uh, to be to be accused of being emotional or or um, pulling on the heartstrings or being manipulative. But we if we don't believe what we're saying, if we haven't if we haven't been moved by what we're we're learning, we're not we're not being faithful in our preparation. We must be captivated by the truth of God's word, everything we're preaching. We're moved by it. We see it and we want to deliver it so other people are moved. That's what Lloyd Jones, he, he was not he was not working himself up to, to, hey, let me show some passion so folks will listen. He was moved by the truth of God and the beauty of Christ and, and how the, the gospel is powerful to change and to transform. And that's what we must be. We must be people who, who do more than 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 expound uh, the languages. We must do more than than uh, parse the verbs. We must be able to see the beauty and the, the cherish that's uh, the gift of the gospel and how we, we need to be fed and then can feed others. Amen. And uh, well said, and uh, thank you for answering, I think, Dewey's question on logic on fire. But uh, I want to transition us now, and I might even make known to Dewey that I may follow up with this question with a, a question off script, depending on uh, if I want to ask it or not. But... Uh, we had this prepared for you. It goes without saying that Lloyd-Jones was committed to in-depth studies of Scripture, mm -hmm. preached more than 200 sermons in both the Gospel of John and in the book of Ephesians, and he preached more than 300 sermons in the book of Romans. Uh, many of you, if you have uh, Lloyd-Jones, maybe you have that big banner of truth collection of all the sermons from Romans. But uh, However, a lot of men who are esteemed as modern-day preaching experts would say that such an approach to in-depth Bible studies or in-depth sermons, excuse me, uh, is outdated or unnecessary. So all that uh, to say, for preachers in the 21st century, what aspects of Martin Lloyd-Jones' preaching style would you say should still be closely followed? And uh, what aspects of his preaching style would you maybe want to caution to our listeners? That's a fantastic question. I think I think we are people of extremes as creatures. We are we are either all in or all out at times. And there's a tendency. Uh, there was one. Uh, his name's escaped me. There's one Puritan at one point who preached like 30 years in the book of Job or so, something, something substantial. And uh, the question is, hey, what what is what is appropriate today? 
because um, the, the pushback on Lloyd Jones is well, he preached that long in Romans, but what what was his church not getting? Right, they could have gotten from other parts of Scripture. And so I think the real question is to be honest with who you are, be honest with your context, and what what where are your people? Right, where are your people? Day one, Lloyd Jones wasn't preaching through Romans, uh, three hundred sermons through Romans on his first day uh, when he when he was in in the. Uh, the, the, the church in Wales. He didn't start his ministry there. He, he was getting there as his time went on, as he grew as a preacher. Uh, a lot of men want to preach through Romans and they, they start and they get terrified. It's, 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 it is a weighty reality to preach the Romans. And uh, you may not be ready to preach the Romans. Your church might not be ready to preach the Romans, but if, if, if they are, um, I think you, I think, I think anybody needs to, needs to be honest with uh, what God is calling them to do. And I think well, the beauty of it is that you know, what's best for your congregation better than anyone outside of it is. Uh, able to give you insight into and so be honest with uh where your people are don't don't try to be bold for the sake of bold in terms of let me tell you how deep i went uh today that can kind of be a badge of honor on social media but if your people can't keep up with it uh that's kind of a selfish approach right what do your people need what's the context of your church where are they how long have you been there and um, what what is going to be most beneficial for them today because it may be today's not the day but maybe in 10 years you may be able to go through a little more intentional, uh, progressive study. And I think the, the, re, the reality as a general rule. Now, again, I don't want to I don't know exactly the context of of who might be listening to this. Um, as a general rule, I think the average church and I'm, I'm speaking in, in the evangelical broad s- scope probably doesn't go slow enough through books. Right. As a general rule, most folks are doing 30,000 foot views covering 15 verses from a New Testament letter. Um, and then moving on, getting through a, a sermon on, you know, a sermon series on Philippians in, in a month. Uh, I, I would I would argue that in most cases you, you, you can go a little deeper than that. And now, if you're going through the, the book of Genesis, maybe you do cover bigger chunks and depending on what you're talking about. But it's also the context of you look at Ephesians and Romans. There, there is a richness there that you, you can go slow and, and, and take into account everything that's said. Or when you are going through an Old Testament narrative, you're going to cover more space. Um, but just be honest with who you are. Be honest with your intentions, with all due respect to, to some of the brothers listening. Uh, if your goal is to be to highly touted on social media as some sort of spectacle of this guy spent eight weeks on one on one word uh, that that may get some may get some, you know, some likes online. But what do your people need? You are we are I, I do I, not to start on this rabbit hole, but I think social media has um has been detrimental in many respects to the past to the pastorate. I think we have uh, we do a lot of things now as ministers where how is this going to look online? What are people going to say about this online? And we miss the the reality that I'm preparing the sermon for the people under my care for for the flock that has been entrusted to us. And um, you need to be honest and sober because reality is in most situations. Again, I'm speaking broadly. Again, our people. Um, need to be need to be led. They need to be they need to be trained. They need to be drawn. Uh, and it may take you a decade or two before you get your people to where you can go through uh, the gospel according to John and cover one verse over this over the course of a sermon. And um, that's by God's grace. We're, we're walking through Colossians now and uh, we're walking through that wrestling match of, yeah, there's so much I want to cover. But what can my people absorb? What can what can they take in? And um, I, I'm praying for the Lord's grace as we walk through it, because I want to be faithful. Colossians is a precious book of so many things we can learn. And I want to be faithful to, to not rush, to be um, to be intentional, but also be sensitive that, hey, maybe sermon series number eight, you can go a little slower and a little 
um, deeper, but we'll see. We'll see what God does. But that, that's so my answer to, to wrap all, all up this wandering is um, you must know your context and truly ask God, God, what do you want from me? And think in terms of what do my people need? Not uh, not what will be what will be highly, highly respected by the by the folks on, on the Internet. I do want to follow up if that's OK with Dewey. Absolutely. Um, uh, at least for Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, this may help us to transition to, to Dewey's question without uh, asking it directly. But for CBTS, we are required uh, both in the pastoral theology classes and in uh, the preaching courses to read Martin Lloyd-Jones, a uh, very well-known book, Preaching and Preachers. And uh, in my mind, as I've read it, there's some things that I have been amazed that Martin Lloyd-Jones have said, said in a negative way. And then other things he's with the same boldness and conviction, he says things that are so obviously true and with conviction. So uh, for an example, I can think of uh, how he says that the minister should wear a certain thing, but uh, if he wears the collar, that's an abomination or Generally, buildings should be uh, one way, and if they're another way, it's an abomination. He was able to speak so boldly and passionately about things that he was convicted about. Um, what do you think in your study of this man are some strengths and weaknesses of that? Yeah, that's that's a, that's fantastic. And what you find, I mean, I think this is pretty common uh, for men who have been uh, the alphas for a long time, men who've men who've been uh, on the forefront for a long time, who preach boldly. They, we, we, uh, as 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 leaders, as um, you know, senior senior pastors, as those who've um, been looked to for advice, we have a tendency to be very to be very bold uh, and and be uh, to be to be confident in what we're saying. And uh, so, the, so the real the challenge for us who who seek to speak truth is we just know, we need to know that, Hey, this is an opinion. This is my perspective, but godly men disagree. And to your point, I think if you read anybody long enough or sit at their feet long enough, you'll find things you say, Hey, I appreciate that. But um, I think that we, we can say, Hey, you should have a reverence for preaching. But when I start defining uh, what you wear, that, that might be a step too a step too far. Right. And, and one way to kind of test yourself with any kind of, when any kind of bold, non-negotiable this must be chap this must be happening or you're in sin is would this work on the mission field right would this work in a different context than uh your context that you're you're speaking it from and when we kind of step back in that reality we can god, god willing have a little more open-mindedness and grace now i think it's fair to say hey here's what i do and here's why i do it uh, but let me give you a let me give you a conviction as to why i'm doing so and that's that's i think what lloyd jones would have would have said over and over um be intentional, know why you do something and have a have a have an apology for it, have, have a, a, a defense for it that, hey, I am I am, for example, I'm wearing a suit because and, and state your reason or I'm not wearing a suit because. Right. And, and realize that I'm doing this intentionally, not just why well, I never thought about why I do what I do. Lloyd Jones would think that was um a lackluster approach to pastoral ministry. If you don't, if you can't give an, an argument as to why you're doing something, he would think you're you're essentially um, abdicating your responsibility. He he took he had a very high view of the pastorate, very uh, reverent view for what what preaching was. And so even going back to our question about how do you handle a certain chapter book, the way you handle a series, some guys would say, 
hey, you need to plan out your series. You need to know exactly where those cuts are going to be, where, where your pericopes are going to go through uh, over the course of the next six months. And other guys just as passionately would say, no, you never you never know where God's going to do as you walk through the passage. Don't ever break, break it up like that. Well, those are obviously two different opinions on, on opposite sides of the spectrum. And my, my argument would be, whatever God's calling you to do, just know why you're doing it. Don't don't sit here and say, hey, I don't know. I just I heard somebody say it one time. It makes sense. Makes sense to me. Uh, read broadly. Um, know where know where the hills are to die on, because we don't want to be the guy that we do look back later and say, hey, he said he said these things and he was he was kind of blinded by his own preferences, not necessarily chapter and verse. And so what's funny about preaching preachers, which is the, the best preaching book that I've ever read. Um, it is it is the best and should be a staple in every preaching ministry, in my in, in my opinion. Um but but he, he would also it's funny how a lot of professors will, will tout Lloyd Jones. And I, I praise God for that. But uh, as my supervisor, Southern Dr. Pullman, uh, he says, you know, a lot of guys kind of tip their hat to Lloyd Jones, but don't but don't really align with a lot of what he said, because Lloyd Jones, he would say the idea of grading preaching is uh, is absolutely ridiculous. If you remember in his book, he talks about giving grades out for preaching. What what are we doing here? And so, but again, your professors have no problem grading your, your sermon, your, your sermons that you give in many times. So um, you, you got, you got to be, you got to be so careful. And, and that's why it's important. It is, is vital that we read broadly. We read broadly, listen broadly. God has been working in his church um, since, the, since the dawn of creation. God's been working in ministers that he's raised up across all kinds of different um, specialties, all kinds of different denominations and find those that you can, you can learn from. And difference of opinion uh, is good. I just I look at a lot of what we have today. And I say a lot. Um, you, you go through some preaching courses. You have all kinds of different different books given to you. But a lot a lot of the, a lot of the ideas being produced today are, are kind of very um, you know practical of what it means to how to how to um, interact with with the text or how to how to set up a sermon or how to do these things that are that are that, you know, are needed in many cases. But the, the men of old, the Lloyd-Jones of the world, they, their, their biggest burden was, do you know God? Have you communed with him? And are you ready to stand and rightly deliver? So he, he, he would be one who said, hey, the primary thing is to know your Lord, to be captivated by him, and then do your work with a reverence and a fear of God. And I, want, I think we need to get back to that. And what that looks like as you, as you live it out can be, can be, you know, difference of conviction and opinion and um, the, the, the task for, for expositors and pastors is to not to add to or take away from the word. So we don't add to it. We don't take away from it. We can't have our convictions and we can say, hey, here's why I do what I do. And uh, but we also need to graciously realize that godly men disagree. And um, that's where that line is. It's difficult. And so we all we all struggle, I'm sure, either um, in one way or another with that. Well, Dr. Lyerly, I loved what you said about reading broadly, and um, that's going to be a great transition into our next question for um, our listeners who are desiring to learn more about Lloyd-Jones and interact with some of his preaching corpus. What resources would you recommend to them for further study? And before you do that, I just want to make another note, because uh, I know that many of our listeners are involved with pastoral ministry or they're preaching and teaching God's word in the context of the local church. Dr. Lyerly uh, wrote a research thesis for his D-Men at Southern, and it's titled Preaching with Urgency, How the New Testament's Teaching on the Second Coming of Christ Necessitates Earnest Proclamation. And I I've read it cover to cover. 
Uh, it does not read like a thesis. It reads like a book that's going to get you jacked up to preach. And you're going to hear a lot of what we've talked about today on Lloyd-Jones preaching and teaching ministry. So if you're interested in, in getting some, some follow-up exposure to some of the ideas and themes that we're talking about, I want to highly commend that to you. It's available online. Uh, just Google Rob Lyerly SBTS thesis, or uh, if you literally wrote down the title of the uh, thesis as I gave it. I guess you can do that if you're if you're a go-getter. But uh, Dr. Lyerly, um, preaching resources from Lloyd-Jones, uh, books, anything you've got. I know you've got a lot of literature in your library right next door to mine, so fire away. That's right. Pastor Dude, come in here and kind of look around and sniff around a book sometimes. I say, be careful. Don't take anything without telling me. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't need to be looking up and missing books, so uh, be careful with that. Uh, but no, I, I pulled a couple of books aside here that um, kind of depending on where you are in your study of Lloyd-Jones, um, as silly as it sounds, there's, the, there's a documentary called Logic on Fire. And I think you can rent it or, or purchase it from uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. And uh, man, if you're, if you're just looking at an introductory of, of this, this faithful brother, uh, Logic on Fire, that DVD, is a, you can order it from, I think it's Media Gratier uh, produces it and it's fantastic. And it's got it's got all kinds of stuff that is uh, essentially has the, the background information. Here's what it looks like. And it is um, it's got interviews with men like like Paul Washer. Paul Washer is one who's has that same posture of preaching. He comes and he he stands and he's urgent and zealous and full of fire. And uh, he, he is he's one who also sits at the feet of Lloyd Jones and learns and we share the same testimony. I don't know him personally, but know him from before. And uh, just we, we many have been trained by Lloyd-Jones, the same perspective. Uh, Dr. Lawson has written, and then starting kind of a beginning reading, Dr. Lawson in part of the uh, Reformation Trust, A uh, Long Line of Godly Men. There's this book by uh, by Dr. Lawson, and it's, it's pretty much in that series of just, I think it's what, 100 and, 150 pages, 170 pages of a very, very easy, you know, um, common level reading if you're trying to get started in it and then you go to, to other books there's a book by his uh, grandson uh, Christopher Catherwood which is a, um, a fantastic overview of his life and uh, essentially his grandson talks about how, why, why he's relevant today why he matters today and then if you really want to get deep into it it's uh, the two volume by Ian Murray um, the biography two, two volume work by Ian Murray there with, with Banner of Truth and it is fantastic. And it go it plums the depths of all that Lloyd Jones is, and um, what it means to be sitting at his feet. And uh, I think I think you you if you're a pastor, if you're a preacher, if you handle God's word, or if you're just a, one who appreciates God's work in the ages gone by, um, you you will do well to to read Lloyd Jones, read about Lloyd Jones, and hear his story. And even hear even hearing his conversion, even hearing his call to ministry. Um, is 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 moving and god god has seen fit to uh touch men like lloyd jones and um i believe he's still raising up men today so i pray that men from hearing hearing information about lloyd jones will be moved to be called to preach and to do it rightly amen well after listening to you talk about martin lloyd jones for nearly 40 minutes i've have the urge to start reading this book that you uh you picked up as well and i was looking for my copy of Preaching and Preachers that I have all marked up. But thank you for those resources. And uh, thank you for your time today to talk about Martin Lloyd-Jones with us. We've enjoyed this conversation. And just to wrap everything up now, uh, I'll give you the opportunity, brother, to 
leave our listeners with any final words of encouragement related to Martin Lloyd-Jones or uh, preaching or anything else we've been discussing? What words do you have to give us to wrap up? Yeah, my encouragement would be Lloyd-Jones would tell you, and I would, I would read Preaching and Preachers, and I would read it over and over again. I'd mark it up, as you said, Austin. Um, Lloyd-Jones would urge you to holiness. He would urge you to be a man of God, to be a Puritan in the true sense of the word. Don't be a Puritan who knows the truth of God's word. Be passionate. Be zealous. Uh, fight for piety. Uh, give your life to, to know God and make him known. Your people, your people need you to be faithful. Your, your spouse, if you're married, your wife needs you to be faithful. Your children need you to be zealous for holiness. Do not minimize the need to be set apart, to be one who guards your life and your doctrine. Because um, Christ will not tolerate, he will not tolerate uh, using the ministry as a career, using the ministry as a way to build your brand, using the ministry as a way to, to, to be important in the eyes of those under your care. You are here to, to know him, to serve him, to bless others, to preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. And as you do that, each Lord's Day, when you stand up, uh, you spend your time in your study. You spend your time counseling, you spend your time ministering, you spend your time communing with the Lord, and then you stand up on Sunday and you open God's word, you cut it straight. Uh, you, you, you are a man with um, chest bowed out to say, thus saith the Lord. And realize as you preach, he is gazing. The, the King Jesus is watching you and he's keeping a, a chart on how you are serving his people. What, what are you saying when you get up there? Are you, are you making it about you? Are you entertaining? Are you tickling the ears or are you proclaiming with a seriousness with an urgency with a zeal with a care for souls with a love for those under your care that you want to shepherd them well that uh, you realize that um, those who are listening will face the Lord very soon <clears throat> and is with that burden that you stand and you preach and so realize preaching is proclamation realize preaching comes from those who have committed themselves to um, being above reproach and fighting sin and not being, not being uh, slothful in their work because um, the Lord is worth it. His church is worth it. And as I said, he will not tolerate um, silliness under his, under his ministers. So uh, be faithful men, and one day very soon you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And nothing is, is like that. Amen. Dr. Lyerly, uh, as, as Austin said, it's been a tremendous joy to have you on the Covenant podcast today. And uh, for me, selfishly, um, after all these years of you having to hear me brag about uh, what we're doing here at the Covenant podcast and Covenant confessions, it's it's uh, finally come full circle, brother. So thank you so much for uh, the insights you've shared with our listeners. Thank you so much for the friendship that we've enjoyed. And uh, Thank you so much for just being a source of edification to me and the, the flock at Metro East Baptist Church. We're grateful for you, brother. Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. May God bless you as you press on. Amen. And to our listeners, we want to thank you again for your continued support of the Covenant Podcast. And until next time, we wish you grace and peace. God bless.